Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesus sleeps, yet to awake, deathless, and reassure us, and therefore is it, that grave where he is laid, this legend hath, that still his kingdom keeps. Gather round all you hums of Camelot, cuz It's your boys in the back to rock the spot The podcast about Merlin season three And on the mics tonight, yo, Chris and Jeremy And they're here to break down every episode So leave those five stars and click that download Enjoy the show, whether you're chilling or working So let's jump into season three of Merlin, cuz Still his kingdom keeps Still his kingdom keeps Still his kingdom keeps Excalibur in the streets and magic in the sheets, huh? I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Merlin. And we're back with another forced wedding that the she are meddling in. Uh, this feels like a plot that we've done before, Chris, but it surprisingly mm-hmm. is feels new and fresh and yeah. is good. Like, once again, Merlin kind of coming through with just, hey, here's a good episode of television. <laughs> yeah. You know, because back... A thousand years ago, when King Arthur lived, they only had about four or five different things that could happen. Yeah. They hadn't invented other <laughs> stuff yet. So yeah. this is, you know, they got to keep going back. That You'd be surprised how many times King Arthur almost had to marry somebody by accident. <laughs> nobody nobody had uh, invented the concept of a bottle episode. So that's why we haven't had one of those yeah. yet. Because <laughs> King, King <laughs> Arthur had never gone through one of those situations. No, no, no. Yeah, this is all based off real stuff that happened to him. <laughs> Uh, before we get into the main part of the episode, I just want to say thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. They kick in money every month and get episodes of this podcast early and access to our discord server where lots of fun chat is happening. Uh, so if you want to support us, please consider doing that. And in the meantime, Chris, what's been up with Merlin lately? I'm looking at this, what I wrote and I think, was that even last episode? It just feels like a lifetime ago. Anyway, last time on Merlin. Uther was a drowned baby's breath away from being murdered by Morgana, who, having learned that Uther is her biological father, was pushed even further into her quest for revenge. Merlin, however, had been shown this future in a crystal cave, and in his efforts to stop Uther's Uther's murder nearly caused it. Though in the end they all survived, it's only a matter of time before things get ugly once again. We're covering Merlin Season 3, Episode 6, The Changeling, which aired on October 16th, 2010. It was directed by David Moore and written by Lucy Watkins. Arthur is pressured into an arranged marriage with a visiting princess, Elena. Merlin's reservations are vindicated when he discovers Alina may not be exactly who she claims to be. Whilst trying to uncover the dark secret hidden inside her, Merlin learns that Alina's nanny is a pixie, but who is she working for? Can Merlin get to the bottom of this mystery before Arthur makes the biggest mistake of his life? Um, I just want to get this out of the way. Uh, Georgia King plays Princess Alina, uh, mm-hmm. and apparently she's an Irish person. Uh, and I know her from a HBO show called Vice Principals, where she plays a very American person. And I spent this oh. entire episode freaking out about it because I just did not expect this person, a, a, a love interest of Danny McBride, to show up on the fucking Merlin band. It's so funny. it's so weird. That's funny. Um, uh, so what did you say, Merlin? He's trying to discover her dark secrets or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- read well, that back to me. Whilst trying to recover the dark secret hidden inside her, Merlin learns that that's Alina's- okay. That's what Merlin calls flirting. Is you like, cover the dark secret inside you? Like, do you even know your girl until you've discovered her dark secrets? Yeah, you know? you're in her DMs. I am discovering the dark I'm secret. I'm in her dark secrets. Inside her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he's all about, dude. <laughs> um, so what's up? How do we start? We start with the sh- with the she. Um, 
We see one fly into a window and cast a spell on a sleeping baby, turning the baby blue for a moment. Big scare. Big scare. Babies should never be blue. No. But then it but then it goes back to normal and it wakes up crying. Um these damn fairies flying in windows. Twenty years later, we see that same princess in that same room. Uh still a baby. The biggest baby you've ever seen. Um, biggest baby. Uh a grown woman now. Uh yeah. and and like sniffing her own farts because Merlin Dude, has, I has... cannot believe that they just went, you know what, you know what we haven't had in a while? What? What's that? Farts. We haven't had we haven't had a pretty woman sniffing her own farts. Let's do that again. Let's yeah. let's make sure that, that happens. Um and she goes down to uh, downstairs uh, outside to meet her father, who wants her to get into the carriage, and she's way more interested in getting on the horse. Uh, when out comes her uh, lady-in-waiting, um, Grunhilda, uh, who Grunhilda, most shout out to Grunhilda, honestly. Shout out to Grunhilda, the pixie. Uh, this is, who does she play in Harry Potter? I feel like I've seen her in she's Harry Potter. She's Professor Sprout, I believe. That's what it was, yeah, yeah. The herbology teacher? Mm-hmm. Um, Grunhilda has brought her some heels, which she doesn't want to wait in. Um, and we get the idea that Alina is a somewhat of a like an awkward tomboy, but more than a classical like pampered princess. Yeah, yeah. It's weird as we go through this episode because she doesn't seem unhappy with herself, right? No, not <laughs> um, at all. She seems pretty but, content. And I think they kind of handle it well because it's not like oh, you're not your personality's not changing. But just that like extra thing inside you that made you very clumsy is going away. And I think honestly, I think she was just gassy because she was being fed frogs. Yeah, um, abso- absolutely. If I ate a lot of frogs or too much pizza, that's going to happen to me. You know what I mean? So, that's, I mean, um, it happens with both things. They put warnings on on boxes of live frogs and pizza that could could yeah. cause gas. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-huh. We jump over to Camelot where Arthur joins uh, Uther in waiting for Lord Godwin and, and Princess Elena to arrive. Uh, Uther is kind of doing something un like which is like struggling to get through this conversation with Arthur, where he tells Arthur mm. that Princess Elena has always been beautiful and strategic. And and Arthur is like, what, the, like, what huh? the fuck are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> and Uther is like, stumbles through this and eventually gets to the point of like, oh yeah, we want to we wanna make a marriage match. Uh, and he's kind of springing this on Arthur at the last minute. Um, and this is when God godwin arrives arthur's like dad you're remarrying <laughs> is this for you i'm full yeah. support dog go get after whatever it. you say man <laughs> um arthur is of course like freaking out a little bit as elena approaches and just completely falls on her ass like just trips yeah um sorry sorry elena and then uh we go to the hallway where arthur has gwen kind of arranging accommodations for their guests and orders merlin to bring up bags uh, merlin's already carrying the bag so that's very funny um and then Merlin leaves, and there's this like awkward conversation between Gwen and Arthur, where Arthur is like, uh, "By the way, uh, my dad wants me to marry that girl." And he, she's, and she's like, "Well, I don't have a problem with it. Do you have a problem with it?" And he's like, "Well, no, no, no. Of course not. Why would I have a problem? I thought yeah. you would have a problem with it." She's like, "No, I would have a problem with it. Do you have a problem with it?" He's like, "I feel like we're repeating ourselves here, so let's just move on." <laughs> um, yeah, very- there's going to be a lot of this throughout the episode, where oh, it sucks when you when you put it like this, because if they were just. I don't know if there were just two people of equal standing, but um, things weren't going to work out. I think Gwen's thing would be like more noble. Well, I mean, not that it isn't, but when you think where she's like, well, no, this is, uh, you know, I'm beneath your station. So, of course, like, of course, she's resigned to it. But then it just makes you think like, man, society fucking sucks in this show. (laughs) Society fucking sucks in this show. And like, even if it was like 
like fast forward to the modern day where like capitalism is prevalent like we're in a, we live in a capitalist society arthur would just be her boss and this would be even worse right like it would yeah. be way worse if like because that's what she is she is technically an employee like she's she works oh, for the castle like it's it's awful hr dude. nightmare hr fucking nightmare good thing good thing uther killed the hr department for potential yeah. magic use <laughs> That's what Arthur's so conflicted about. He's like, can we just get you employed elsewhere first? Um, that night, uh, Merlin is helping Arthur to bed. Is this a nightly occurrence for, for Merlin? Does this happen Dude, every I, single like, night? All, I, all, why is Merlin? Why is Merlin in this uh, room right why, now? <laughs> I opened my mouth so wide to say, why is Merlin? And then a little fuzzball flew into my mouth. <laughs> At least I didn't get stung on the nipple by a bee again. Anyway, yeah, why is Merlin talking Arthur into bed? Why does he do this every night? That's the question I want to answer. Why is Merlin tucking Arthur into bed, and does he do this every night? These are questions that we need answered, he's, writers he, of Merlin. He's fluffing his pillows and shit. I don't know. And and then as they like talk about like girl trouble or whatever, um, you know, bo- boys will be boys, as they say. They do say that. Uh, <laughs> this is what they mean. This is when Merlin starts teasing him a little bit. That he has bad <laughs> breath and bad table manners, and Arthur picks up a pillow and throws it at him. Uh, Merlin ducks the Aww. pillow, but it slides over to the open door where Uther is standing, going like, "I thought you guys were cool. <laughs> like I thought, yeah, guys, this is lame. <laughs> I thought you guys were cool, and you're being hella lame right now." Yeah, he looks very disappointed in this in, like interaction between <laughs> Arthur and his uh, and his servant, which is really strange. It makes me wonder, like, because Uther doesn't have a manservant, or at least we never see no. him, right? And like, unless that's Gaia. So this guy. Is Gaia tucking Uther to bed every night? <laughs> I just thought of that. Is Gaia tucking Uther in bed maybe every so, night? Maybe so. I think there's probably like a rotating group of uh, butlers and like ladies in waiting. Um, he just he doesn't want to see the same face twice twice a week. You know what I mean? We're watching a, uh, a show called The Serpent Queen, um, which is about like the real uh, Queen Catherine. Um, King Henry, King Francis, like all this French stuff where the mm-hmm, France mm-hmm. was at war with the fucking Catholic Church or some shit. Um, and uh, King Henry has died. His son is King Francis, who was betrothed to Queen Mary of Scots, who is like set to inherit all of these things. Um, but they did this thing, and I have no idea if this is historically accurate or not because history bores me unless you put rock music under it. Um, sure. Where Queen Mary has renamed all of her ladies in waiting to be just Mary. So she just is like, Mary, come here. And then like, they all just come to her. And it just makes me laugh because I feel like Uther has just renamed all of his people to be like servant. Like, I don't want you to respond yeah. to anything but servant. Like, that's, a, that's such an yeah. Uther move in my mind. When know. a new hire comes in, like the, the lead servant has to coach everybody. Like, listen, I know you have a personality. Uh, you come in here with a lip ring. Listen, it looks cool. Looks cool. You're not you're not you anymore uh-huh. though. You're not take it out, you're not you anymore. You're servant now. You're yeah, a, this you're... is the reality. We also we don't get paid, by the way. Yeah, yeah. By the way, this is not a job. You don't have insurance. Oh, by the way. Yeah, yeah. You... I know you left your well paid job in the city. Um no none of that. No more of that. None of that exists. Yeah. <laughs> um of course Uther wants to talk about Alina. Um Godwin is a strong ally. Their two families together will will create a, a strong union and make this make the mm-hmm. kingdom safe and secure. And he tells Arthur that uh, Arthur kind of protests, like, I don't even have feelings for this woman. And there's like, you need to find some. Uh, he literally says, you need to find some feelings. Like, it's not even mm-hmm. a joke, which I thought was very funny. Um, and that night we see Alina as she's sleeping. She's having these nightmares. And Grunhilde is there. And she sprinkles what we're going to come find out, uh, this gold dust, this pixie dust over her, where she changes into the she briefly. We see the blue kind of face come out of her and then yeah. changes back and then sleeps restfully. It's funny that she was crying out in her sleep and, and it, 
you know, the halls of Camelot are used to this sort of noise. <laughs> They've had Morgana here for, for years now. They're used to just cries in the night. Um, so nobody bats an eye. Nobody bats an eye. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, Grunhilde, uh, you know, just slips out of the castle like everybody can do at a moment's notice nowadays. Uh, goes into the forest, goes to the lake, and meets the Elder She. Uh, um, she also turns into her pixie form, which is like, hey, have you ever seen a Hellraiser? Let's make it pink, because yeah. that's what that is. Um, she has many delights to show you, Chris. Uh, it's crazy how they they go all out with this. Um, she's pink, got horns and shit. Like, you just, you just, you know, it took a while to get that makeup on her. I feel bad for this poor woman who probably sat in a makeup chair for, you know, conservatively six hours to get ready for this. I hope they did one shoot. They shot all of her monster seeds in one Had in one to, go. right? Like, had to. Because <laughs> uh, otherwise, this poor woman having to do this two or three times. Like, if you took that for long to one, put makeup for on one me, episode I'd be like, of a TV show. I, I would just ca- caffeine me up and let's work for 14 hours and then let's be done. Because yeah. I don't want to have to do this again. Um of course, the she is very excited that their their plan to install a she queen uh, at the top of Camelot is working. This this arranged marriage between Alina and Arthur is going to go forward, and Alina has no idea that she has a, a fairy hiding inside of her. Bummer. If only she knew. It's true. If only. <laughs> if only. That's what I always say. If only. Uh, but yeah, she knew. so we're gonna get a we're gonna get a she queen. The next day, Arthur and Alina are getting ready to go out for a ride. Um, and here we get to see that she's not just all super clumsy and falling upstairs. Like she's actually, um, she's an incredibly competent rider, better than Arthur. And she gets up on her on her horse and charges off ahead of him. Uh, he is racing to catch up with her. And you think that there's almost going to be like this moment of romance, but I do think that all of this does a good job of of just making these two respect each other a little bit. Um, Arthur is trying because he he's trying to do his duty. Like he slips her the rose, tries to be romantic, and she's really not into any of this shit. Um, but I, I like these scenes because I could easily see these two becoming friends, like actual friends. Um, and it does seem like that's where they leave off at the end of the episode. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, this this scene is cute. It is it is very cute. Uh, there's the moment where um, he says, wow, you know, I'm, I'm impressed. And I'm not easily, not easily impressed. And she's like, neither am I. And I wasn't. And like, <laughs> like punches his arm. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who yeah. are you? I, yeah. I think if, if Arthur was hanging out with her as a princess knowing that we don't actually have to get married. I just feel like he'd be eating this shit up. Like oh, he yeah. Love he'd be it having a great time. Somebody who's on his level. Um, he still has to treat her with a little respect, but they're both of you know royalty, whatever. So I just feel like they could bond well. Um, and it's a shame that they get forced into this situation because it keeps them apart. Instead, uh, Arthur like presents her a rose that he picked up, yeah. uh, and she like sniffs it and is allergic to it and sneezes all over him. So like again, if they didn't have this pressure to become uh, to have feelings for one another, they would probably just be chilling as 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 friends. Um, yeah. Merlin arrives, uh, and Arthur warns him like, "Hey, don't leave me alone with this chick again." <laughs> I just keep like I'm imagining Merlin arriving, like Mary and Pippin falling down the hill with like all their oh, baggage yeah, and like, shit, just clanging just, just like Merlin pots rolling and pans. down with like pots and pans. And yeah, shit. absolutely. <laughs> Um, Arthur and Alina arrive back in Camelot. Uh, she gives them like the world's most awkward hug and just like plants her face in her st- in his stomach. And uh, as he like yeah. holds his arms out, like he's Keanu Reeves, but taking a picture with a fan. Uh, <laughs> and then she trips her way up the stairs again. And Merlin just lets out a, Oh dear. And oh Arthur's dear. like, same. Once Merlin, I completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Same. Uh, and that's time for a feast. We're going to, we're going to celebrate, yeah. uh, 
there's a lot happening in this feast, including uh, Alita sitting between Arthur and Morgana. Uh, the two kings are discussing this union. Grunhilda is putting on a fucking flirt clinic with Gaius. Uh, mm-hmm. Alina picking food out of her cleavage and eating it and then getting the hiccups immediately. <laughs> like, poor Alina. What's going on with this chick? Pull yourself together. In uh, all of this, I'll say, so Gaius is, is talking to Godwin about the two of them married. And Godwin seems a little bit less keen on making Elena get married to somebody who she doesn't care about. He's all for the union, you know, he's down for the alliance, but you can also tell he's a slightly more hesitant because Uther will force anyone to do anything. He does not give a shit. If it's his own son, he's not interested. He doesn't care. Um, but you can tell Godwin's like, yeah, I don't think Elena actually wants this though. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll let them decide, right? Not that he yeah. says that in so many words, but you can tell he's just, he's trying to be a good dad <laughs> and also a good king. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Grunhilda goes and like sits beside Gaius to do some more, more flirting. Um, and then we skip to after the party where Grunhilda is brushing Alina's hair. Um, and Alina is kind of just stressing out, wondering if the night went okay and like saying stuff like, I'm not the perfect princess. And Grunhilda is there to like reassure. And Alina, of course, wants this stuff to work, but is like, you know, I don't really have any feelings for her. Mm -hmm. And Grunhilda says, well, I've got the perfect thing for you, girl. Let me cheer you up with a little, with a little dessert after the feast. And then just picks up a frog and puts it in Alina's mouth, who just chews it up and swallows it. It's a lot. What? It's intense. That's just a bold... Why? A bold, sharp turn. Don't I guess like that's this. what the the, sh- the she inside her wants to eat is frogs. So, um, yeah, I feel like you know, this I just is. Feel like, I feel like this is just insulting the she at this point. Like, I bet the she are like, yeah. we usually cook them first. <laughs> like, it's yeah, fine. We, we have fire. Not even, we don't even do it like that. Yeah. We, eat the, we eat frog legs, fried frog legs. It's not a, live. It's a delicacy. Frogs. We time traveled to South Louisiana, got the recipe, and brought them back to, to, to medieval yeah. times. You guys are going to lose your shit when you taste these blackened fucking frog legs. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a spicy. Uh, but Grunhilda doesn't know about that because she's just a pixie. She's you know? just a pixie. Not as, um... But yeah, you could tell Elena loves her father and she wants to make him happy, but she doesn't, she doesn't want to do this. No. Uh, meanwhile, Merlin is outside picking forest herbs when he sees Grunhilda walking over. Uh, and of course, this turns, you know, just somebody walking somewhat suspiciously I, immediately turns Merlin into Sneaky I was Man. Gonna say, I don't even think there's anything, for, like, any reason for him to follow her. He nope. just goes, eh. ah, what's she doing? <laughs> let me, let me spy on it. Uh, he just, he just <laughs> likes spying on people. Uh, and he, he follows, just likes it. He's, yeah. Just gets thing. into it. I, I got an urge. Um, yeah. He follows her and then he watches as she uses her super extra long tongue to snap up some some insects like she's towed from the x-men uh and it's super gross don't like it not yeah. not into it uh it's even worse when um he goes back to tell this to gaius and gaius's response is and i swear to god this is a quote mm-hmm. from the show mm-hmm. i've seen some strange tongues in my time yep. <laughs> Excuse yep. me, guys. I wrote that down as well. That is, Excuse me. What did you correct. just say? And then he kind of looks as he as Merlin describes this extra long, like purple tongue, and who and Merlin is just as grossed out about it as I am. Gaius kind of looks like he's into it a little bit. <laughs> he's like, hmm, really? He's tell, curious. Tell he's me, curious. Tell me more. I think he even says like, we need to find out more about this. And I'm like, I'm sure gotta, you yeah, do, guys. We gotta look into this. <laughs> Gaius has full body chills, right? And he decides he's going to go do some some snooping. He's, so he's got to get some Gr- sneaks on. Grunhilda's chambers. <laughs> and um, he goes in, doesn't knock. He goes in, he finds, uh, he starts snooping around. He finds her little pouch of fairy dust. Um, and he's like, okay, this is a little sus. 
because I usually use this to um, knock out my patients <laughs> when I'm doing strange things to their toes. I, I, um, I recognize these strong narcotics that I dose my patients with yeah, so that I can do yeah. toe stuff to them. <laughs> he goes, ooh, this is, this is good shit. What the fuck? What's she doing with this? Um, but then he hears Grunhilde coming up the stairs, as so often happens in the show. They hear somebody coming. But instead of hiding, he acts like he was in there waiting for her. And um, she, of course, is... She just rolls with it. Let's be honest here. Let's be honest here. Grunhild's trying to get rocked. She is. She's. She's. A, she's. She's. I don't think there's another way to say it. She's thirsty for Gaius. Um, there's. Yeah. There's no yeah. other thing that you could possibly say. Uh, and she sees through this. What this thing that he made up about making perfume, and says, "Hey, I know that you're here for me. I don't mind. Look, she's going to be gone for a while. Why don't we sit on this bed and make sweet perfume together? Yeah, uh, and then. And then we get a cut." Straight to the lab where Gaius is telling Merlin this. What's the what's the chance you think Merlin rocked Grunhilde there the interim? Because he doesn't Gaius, say that he yeah. didn't. He just all we just go to the different scene, right? Like, and I yeah, and they don't seven don't, out of ten it, chance, eight out of ten chance. What do you think? I bet like eighty percent that he the, rocked this. The pixie. odds are higher than fifty percent, okay. less than a hundred percent, higher than fifty percent. So in that upper middle um section there, for sure that. You know, he he had to get out of that situation somehow, and sure, maybe he could he could play it off because she is quite desperate to still meet up with him later, which could mean that you know she got a taste but didn't go all the way. Um, maybe he, he you know he could protest and say, oh, she could return at any moment. Somebody could catch us. That's his excuse out of it. Or he goes, all right, lock the door. Let's do this. Let's, let's fucking rock. Like I never had a pixie. Let's see what a pixie is like. Um, he relays this to Merlin. Uh, leave it out the part where he rocked Grunhilde's world. Uh, and Merlin is instantly like, oh my God, that's disgusting. Imagine if you kissed her. Like, And Gaius is like, hey. <laughs> Which hey. makes me think that like he could have potentially rocked this chick. Um, oh. Gaius is then, has now figured all of this out. Elena is what they yeah. call a changeling, possessed by a she from birth with the intention of uh, the she, you know, placing this possession with the intention of making her the queen of Camelot. And then mm-hmm. after she is queen, the she's going to reveal itself. And But they can't do anything because the laws of the land are weird. <laughs> like you just can't do anything at that point. Yeah. Whoops. Oh, well. Um, that night, Uther, Arthur, and Morgana um, are having dinner while Gwen serves them. Just, <laughs> you know, that's her life. That's her life. <laughs> Doesn't get to sit at the table. Um, and Arthur brings up the topic of marriage again because he's like, hey, man. I don't think I can do this. I can't marry somebody that I don't love. Gwen and uh, Arthur are sharing uh, a lot of glances. Too many. Too many glances. Morgana catches. Yeah. I mean, mean, at this point, like, the fact that Uther doesn't catch this is just astonishing to me. Because, like, Morgana, like, looks back and forth and is like, oh, immediately, like, grabs it. Like, just 100% understands. Merlin has Uh also previously done this and just knows for a fact that this is happening. Uther is the only one that has not put two and two together yet, which is crazy. I feel like Morgana starts to scheme a little bit, and I don't quite know why. I don't know if she has anything to gain. Because, like, later on, she, I mean, we'll talk about it when it gets there. But I'm like, hmm, is she just teasing Gwen, or is this a part of some villainous plot? You can it's, never um, be sure anymore. If you, watch, uh, if you watch the preview for the next episode, it sets up the, the thing that happens in the next episode, uh, which I actually think is kind of cool, because it just okay. gives us a little okay. bit of that connection. Uh, but, yeah, she's going to use this against Arthur in the next episode, which I think is okay. kind of cool. 
Um, Makes sense. But, but it doesn't happen here, which I think is, is probably why it threw you. Because I, I had the same thing. She's like, she's almost, she's basically like rubbing her palms together. Like, hey, 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 I've got a yeah. secret. And then like, I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. Dude? We, have, we have a whole marriage <laughs> thing to deal with. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Merlin is spying on Alina's nightmares and watches as Grunhilda um, drops more pixie dust on her uh, and then falls over because he's, he's Merlin and he's going to do that. So now Grunhilda knows that uh, Merlin has been spying on her. Um, mm-hmm. And she doesn't know if he's just kind of like a freak or if he's onto her. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe, I, maybe she's like, "Ooh, I'll take the father and the son." She doesn't really understand yeah. the relationship between yeah. guys yeah, and she's Merlin. Not sure what's going on there. Yeah. Uh, and so their mission here is to get the she out of Elena before the marriage happens, because throughout this, you'd think I think as the viewer, we don't want the marriage to work out. But if they had like exposed her in front of Uther or something, then she'd be killed. Probably, yes. um, almost definitely. So, yeah. so they're not trying to do that. They're just trying to get the she out of her, and then they can go about the marriage as normal. Um, even, but this is sort of a conflicting plots here because Arthur's just like, no, no marriage, no matter what. Yeah, Arthur doesn't want this at all. Uh, meanwhile, Morgana watching Merlin and Arthur from the window. Oh, uh, we we learned that we have to go learn some she magic so that we can make a potion or whatever. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Morgana watches Merlin and Arthur, uh, and you could tell like she's 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 feeling kind of evil again. Um, and she kind of teases Gwen here, like you mentioned, where she says, you know, you know, he may you have to realize he may not even have a choice in the matter, even if his heart belongs to another. And Gwen's like, mm. she's like, you know, even if that person may loves him back. And Gwen's like, mm. and she's like, you know, <laughs> maybe that person is standing in my room. And Gwen's like, I know what you're doing. I'm not responding to yeah. it. Like, take a fucking hint. <laughs> what are you doing? Listen, Morgana. Listen, Princess Morgana. The world has beaten me down enough, okay? None of your shit talk is going to get to me at this point. And and Gwen, at first, like, denies everything. Uh, Morgana sees through it and then says, like, you know, hey, you have to realize this can never come to anything. Like, she has to do, you know, he has responsibilities. And when Gwen leaves, we see Morgana doing her evil smile. But again, we're not going to see anything. She, she doesn't actually enact any plans here in this episode. Um Instead, we go over to the lab where Gaius and Merlin have been. Have What's now got... that meme that people always post that does he know thing? Do you know what I'm <laughs> talking knows. about? She knows. Um, <laughs> Gaius and Merlin have been hitting the books, cramming the lore, uh, trying to find uh, something. And they finally find a recipe for a potion from a book written by witches, uh, which Gaius like complains about a lot, about them not knowing how to write recipes down, which I think is very funny because like Autumn keeps a, an app with recipes in it. And um, every once in a while, my sister will call and be like, hey, can I get the recipe for such and such? And I'll be like, yeah. And I just I, I told my sister to get the app so that I can just send her like the email and she can just load it up. But what's been happening yeah. is that Autumn goes to the app. And, like as soon as I do that, Autumn's like, wait, 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 I, I, not, not everything is in there. <laughs> I need to add more stuff. And I'm like, but wait, Hold this on. is the recipe. I added more uh, magical ingredients to the side. That's that's uh Guys' problem every damn time. Absolutely. Every damn time. Yeah. Because he's because he gets immune to whatever drug he makes, um, or he has to build up a tolerance to it. Uh, drugs started feeling like it's decaf. He's okay. Been quoted to have said. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that sounds like an Uther thing. Uh, so you know he had to uh, he had to he has to constantly add more ingredients, more flavors into the mix, and here we find ourselves. Uh, meanwhile, Gwen has gone to Arthur's door. Uh, and uh, realizes that she shouldn't just show up, but uh, has to have this conversation with Arthur. Arthur, who is very conflicted and is very sad. Um, he's he's You can tell he's sad because he doesn't have a belt on. I think that's the number one signifier for <laughs> Arthur. To, that's how yeah, he expresses yeah. his emotions. Like, I'm going to wear a baggy tee and not put it in my trousers. Um, yes, yes. 
Um, but he, you know, asked her like, "Is what I want?" Dude, when the tunic's untucked from the trousers, dude, you know something's up. He's in his, he's in his feelings. Dude. Yeah, is he sad or is he at just the when we were young fest concert? I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know which one it is, or is it both because they canceled that or something? I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think um, it's a little bit of both. Um, but he asked, he asked Gwen like, "Is what I want completely yeah. insane?" And she says, "Yes, Arthur. From anybody's perspective besides yours and mine, it's completely insane." And he's like, "Well, then I'm happy being insane." Yeah, he's um, like, insane's better than being miserable, all right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I guess. All right. uh, and of course, he doesn't, you know, he's trapped because he he has strong feelings for Gwen and he'd much rather marry Gwen. Um, and she says, you know, that, hey, but you, you have a duty. Like, you have to you have to marry this chick. And he says, well, what are you going to do? And she says, I will watch you grow into the, be the king that Camelot deserves. And I wanted her to be like, from three kingdoms over at the end of that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm <laughs> and, and also still serve you dinner. Yeah. Apparently I'm just going to serve both of you dinner at the castle or something like this is, a I mean, I'll, if, if on to be honest with you, Arthur, if this doesn't work out, um, I'm going to put all my, my eggs in the Lancelot basket. I'll be honest with straight you. to Lancelot. Um, yeah. I'm going straight to the D and he's like, he, the you know, D? you are num- no, no disrespect. You are my number one, Arthur. You are my number one. Yeah. You are my OTP, but, but, and if I can't, I'm a smart woman. If I'm I a smart woman. I'm keeping my options open. And if I can't find Lancelot, guess what? Gwen, baby, distant Gwen, third, no. <laughs> strong. He's like, wait, well, how do you have such a long list of suitors? <laughs> She's like, have you seen this? And just gestures down. Have you seen this? What I've got going on right here? <laughs> He's just. He doesn't know how to handle it. It's. I mean, I think it's in this scene. <laughs> Jokes aside, <laughs> I think he's like very emotional. Like he's like holding back, like he's trying to like keep his composure with like tears in his eyes. He he's is, just like, yeah. Oh, damn it! He's very upset. Like this is this is an upsetting prospect for him. Um, meanwhile, we we shoot to court uh, where Merlin arrives. Gaius has not finalized the potion. He still needs the, some rare flower to do it. Uh, Alina arrives at court, walks towards a very nervous Arthur, who gives a speech about Camelot and protecting it, um, and how she feels the same way as him. Um, we cut to Gwen several times and she's just completely disappointed. Uh, and he proposes to her and for some reason, Alina actually looks kind of shocked at this as he does this. And of course she says, yes. Um, and yeah, it's, it sucks for everybody. Like the, the shots to Gwen where she is just like visibly upset, but trying to hide it are kind of heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> as, as Morgana rubs her hands together evilly. Angel Colby is just such a great actress in this show, yeah. man. Like she just fucking it, is insane in this. Morgana like is, is also fantastic, but like the angel just gets from just a few facial expressions. She can just like drive a knife into my heart. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She's, um, and I think because she, I mean, her character and her, her, her um, presentation of said character she she has to hold it together more than everybody else because she understands her station better than anybody and understands what cannot be of course with arthur and so she has to be able to maintain that composure but for the audience still give us something so that's why she does so little and it gives us so much um and that's that's great it's a great combo uh we go back to the lab where merlin has uh gone through uh, a huge swamp to go directly to the middle where he finally found this super good flower. Um, and of course, Gaia says, Hey, once we give her the potion, she's going to feel super good. Uh, she's going to feel great about this. Uh, yeah. Me- this is actually going to be a major dub. Me- meanwhile, Grunhilda is reporting to, I wrote the elder Merlin, uh, but that's not, <laughs> my notes are really bad for some reason. Sometimes I don't know what's going on in my notes and I have to let you just take the lead. And I hope, I hope that I can remember because my notes are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mer- she, she tells the elder she that uh, Merlin has spied her and could be a problem. Yes. And of course, she's like, this dude is super pissed and is like, you know what? I'm gonna go fuck him up. He better yeah. he, he better not catch me at the Circle K because I will fuck him up in the Circle K parking lot. There's yeah. no question yeah. about this. There's no question. And of course, I keep it on me. I keep it. I on keep me. that thing on me. And by that thing, he means the ability to turn into a very tiny person and shoot lightning bolts. That's what he means by yeah. that thing. That's what he means by the thing. Yeah, yeah. that's what a lot. That's what usually if you hear that expression, that's what they mean. Yes. Um, and that night, sure enough, he just flies into the castle, which like, if you could do yep. this, I feel like you should be doing this a lot more. Nobody is ready to, to, for the, the she onslaught. I can guarantee no. you. No. Um, he flies in the castle, finds Merlin. Um, Merlin wakes up at just the last minute and sees this thing and like rolls out of the way before it blasts him. Uh, Merlin grabs his staff that he killed another wizard for, which I just want to remind mm-hmm. how much, remind mm-hmm. everyone how much of a murderous bastard Merlin is in this. In this mm-hmm. this is, show. I believe this is a she staff. Am I, am I wrong? I believe so. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause the man he killed, yeah, yeah. So, okay. And, um, <laughs> he's, he, then we get to a little bit of a shootout, um, and during during the shootout, Merlin like manages to fall down the stairs and knock over like a bookcase. Uh, uh, but he does manage to kill this thing, uh, and Gaius is woken up near the middle of it, so he sees this thing blow up. So you know, sucks for that dude that's been living for thousands of years. I guess I wrote the same thing, like <laughs> generations and generations of living, and then he's laid these plans for the last twenty years, and he's been patient this whole time, and then he just gets. He just gets blasted. He gets he blasted gets in the blasted. lab, dog. He gets blasted in the lab. Yeah. He's not even in the throne room. <laughs> Merlin is literally like, so anyway, I yeah, started Merlin blasting. Merlin does, does not even fuck. He's like, oh, well, this is bad. So, like, <laughs> let's move on. Uh, and, of course, w- when he knocked over the bookcase, he knocked over the potion. Um, and the potion has, has spilled out. Um, Merlin's like, I can save it. And he just slurps it off the floor and drinks it. That's not the... Guys, is like, that that's doesn't not, help, That's not Merlin. what I needed you to do, Merlin. <laughs> Uh, it's the next day is the day of the wedding because uh, we don't fuck around with engagements in Camelot, my man. <laughs> like you no, get engaged, no. you get married. Like that's the that's the rules. No. Couldn't be me. Couldn't, Couldn't be me. <laughs> um, Grinhilda is extremely happy. Uh, all of her plans are finally happening. Alina is burping uh, constantly and complaining that um, she doesn't love Arthur. Um, they have this respect for one another, but that's is that really enough to build a relationship on? And of course, Grinhilda is like, of course it is. Love fades, but respect is you know the most important thing. Um, meanwhile, Gaius is working on the potion, but is worried because Gr- he doesn't know how he's going to get Grinhilda away from Alina long enough to get Alina to drink this potion. And of course, Merlin is like, why don't you just fuck her, bro? <laughs> why don't you just yeah. why don't you just like d- d- pretend to like her and then fuck her in the vault of the castle? And Mer- Gaius is like. Ah! That seems seems weird. What did Merlin, you learn this where word? Where have you been hearing these <laughs> things? Where, where, have you, where are you getting this have, have you, language Have from? you been in the tavern again, Merlin, picking up this awful language? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's kind of a good plan. And and they do it. Gaius shows up and yeah. um, kind of asks Grinhilda, like, hey, why don't you meet me in secret in the vaults so we can uh, we can bang one out real quick before the wedding? And she's like, fuck yeah, dude. I got responsibilities, yeah, cool. but I, get it. I will Let's abandon it. them. Let's do this. Um, and it's a trap, of course. When she arrives, uh, Merlin sneaks out. Uh, the worst honeypot of all time. <laughs> Gaius, of all people. Um, <laughs> she's been dreaming and longing for this moment, and as she puckers up for a kiss, uh, he literally just ducks under her, jumps out of the room, closes the gates, and has Merlin magic all of the locks so that she can't get out. Uh, and as they're standing there, she like uses her giant tongue to like sh- lick Gaius's face, um, who... Is I think pretending to not be into it at this point. I, I think guess. so too. I um, think so too. I think the goblin was letting out his inner freak a couple mm-hmm, episodes ago. That's why mm-hmm. there was so much tongue action. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. He's kind of throwing out signals to anybody who might be watching, and uh, Grunhilda was watching. He's got it. He's got a tongue thing. Yeah. 
didn't yeah. know, didn't know that was going to be a thing. Um, yeah. I, yeah, fucking weird, dude. I don't like that we, we're inventing fetishes for people on this show. We're inventing fetishes for the elderly. <sighs> um, anyway, so <laughs> she gets stuck in there. Gaius goes to deliver the potion to Elena, and um, she keeps like almost drinking it, but not quite drinking it. Um, at a certain point, Merlin literally destroys Grunhilda, right? I think, oh yeah, because she broke free at a certain point. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. She couldn't unlock the door, but eventually she just fucking blasts the wall open while everybody else is gathering for the for the wedding. Like, shit's, everything starts to happen all at the same time here. In classic, so Grunhilda was momentarily trapped, but she's escaped. And in classic Merlin fashion, like, as he confronts Merlin and Merlin has to zap her, like, he can't kill her for some reason. Like, he has to zap her a lot. So when Gaius goes to give the potion to Elena, in the background, you just hear Grunhilda yelling and, like, zapping yeah, noises. Yeah. <laughs> but Elena is so distracted by, like, her upcoming much nuptials that she is taking no interest in this whatsoever. Like, every time, like, there's a zap and a bang, like, Gaius is visibly flinching but Alina does not care yeah, she um, doesn't notice eventually Merlin is able to zap her and zap Grunhilda into Incinerates pixie dust her. yeah just annihilates this 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 pixie uh, her god her particles are evaporated they have disappeared from this world and and uh, wildly out of character Merlin moment he bursts into Alina's room grabs her face gr- closes <laughs> her nose like- <laughs> and pours the solution down her throat and I'm like okay um, like he's just like they didn't really do a good job of building it up but I just think he's just so frustrated he's so <laughs> aggravated that he wasn't able to one shot oh, enough, enough I'm done with enough this. subtlety I just had a fucking wizard staff battle in the hallway enough I'm fucking done enough drink the fucking potion this has been a miserable day I'm gonna have to get this over with uh, <sighs> And then, yeah, the the she is cast out. He fucking blasts that thing. 20 years of waiting and, and, and growing and, and watching. And finally, this is your... Nope. You're done. You're destroyed. And then she wakes up. Elena wakes up a minute later and she just... She feels great. She feels... She's, she has been possessed by a demon, essentially, for the last 20 years. For the years. last 20 fucking good. years. We didn't talk about it. I had the moment at the very... At the intro of like, oh, wow, this is exactly how Supernatural opens. <laughs> like, demonic force comes into a baby oh, yeah. and possesses a baby for a little while. Um, we're done with the, in, the, in an unusual way. Like, we've developed this whole plot, um, and now, like, we're done with it. Uh, but we've still got, like, 15 minutes of the show left uh, mm. that we have to, like, deal with. Not even the fallout from this... this she possession just from all this marriage thing um and it starts with merlin bringing arthur his ceremonial sword for the wedding and arthur looking miserably and like did you bring it for me to fall on (laughs) jesus christ arthur (laughs) um Um, and you know again arthur is kind of waxing a little bit about how miserable he is and it's like you know you wouldn't understand what it's like for to have a destiny that you can't escape but of course merlin he has been told by a talking dragon that Uther was keeping under his castle that he has a destiny and is tied directly to Arthur. It's like, yeah, bro, I have a little bit of an idea. Um, I know what Destinies it's like to be... are troublesome things. <laughs> yeah. You know, you feel like you're trapped and you don't even know if the destiny is the right thing. And Arthur is like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who are you yeah, again? He's actually like, he's he's pretty surprised with the the comeback that Merlin has here. I love the moments when Arthur is taken aback by something that Merlin says. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's it's good. Because we know, of course, how much Merlin's gone through. <laughs> but Arthur has no idea. Uh, and then finally, Arthur is just like, um, should I marry her? Like, should I, should I go through with this? It's just this one tiny real moment where he wants to put aside duty. He can't even talk openly with like Gwen about this. Cause of course, like they have a whole different thing going on. Mm-hmm. But he, when he asks Merlin, Merlin is like, no, I don't think you should. You're all mad. An unhappy King will not make for a strong King. Um, 
I love you know, the well, I love the line here speech. where he says, "You may be destined to rule Camelot, but you have a choice as to how you do it." Um, yeah, really, really interesting coming from Merlin, who of course you know knows that he has this destiny and has had to make these hard decisions along the way, um, mostly involving murder, mostly just murdering everybody that that opposes him and stands in his way of his destiny. He just murders them, but uh, mm-hmm. you know it's a lot, and so. Um, the doors open. The marriage is on. Arthur yeah, the, walks the out. words seem to to strike a chord with Arthur. But yeah, then, yeah. Just then, that's when the doors open. There's no more time to think. He's just gonna go walk down the aisle. Um, we cut over to Alina, um, who has finally learned how to fix her hair, and that's how we know that she's beautiful now because her hair is yeah. kept. Oh, yeah. I guess. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't do like, oh, I, oh, I don't need these glasses anymore. <laughs> oh, I can und- untie my hair from a ponytail. Or, uh, like, I'm surprised they didn't do like the typical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I can't think of the movie now, but the um, she's all that transformation. Yes, yes. Um, Godwin is there, telling her how beautiful she looks. Takes her arm, walks her down the aisle. Uh, we cut to Gwen several times throughout this whole process, and she just looks more and more sad as the ceremony goes on. Um, Arthur and Alina take hands. At this point, I'm don't have any idea what's about to happen. Like I'm thinking that yeah. they might just go through with it or something. Uh, our boy Monmouth starts the ceremony. Uh, Arthur like does a really long glance at Gwen and the entire court is like, who the fuck is that chick? Who is that? <laughs> Why? Why is he looking at the wall? Over Why there? is he they looking at right the wall? <laughs> I don't understand. Is there a good tapestry over there? Maybe a statue? Yeah. Is there a, uh, um, fuck. but instead we get, you know, is your wish Arthur to become one with this woman? It is. That's, that's the thing that that's how Merlin gets away with so much because servants are practically invisible. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, fact yeah. that he's made himself visible so many times is a testament. That's why he dresses the way he does because you know he can just stand in front of a tapestry and just disappear. It's <laughs> just, just a superpower. Yeah, it's like active camo in Metal Gear. Hundred percent. He just he just goes away. Um, they both, you know. Monmouth asks both of them if they want to get married. They say yes. Does anybody say nay? Nobody. But then Arthur interrupts and he's like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, I'm, I should say something that I should have said a long time ago. Uh, and tells Alina that she's beautiful. She makes a beautiful drive. She's a wonderful woman. But and he kind of, she kind of interrupts. He's like, let me guess. You don't really love me. And she's, and he's like, yeah. She's like, no, 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 no worries. I feel exactly the same. N- yeah. No stress, bruh. We got this. Like, we're cool. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're laid back in the cut, homie. Like, we're good. And Arthur's <laughs> like, I am very unfamiliar with this language and very uncomfortable. <laughs> but I think I'm pleased to hear you say this. <laughs> what is a homie? And, and, and d- d- is it romantic? Is homie romantic? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I, told, I, it's not, I don't have those feelings for you. I'm yeah. telling you. I don't um, know that I have homies. And she's like, Merlin is and your then homie. she goes, "Well, no, that's like you and Mer- like Merlin's your homie." Yeah, and he's he like, goes, well, "That just makes things more confusing <laughs> yeah. for me." <laughs> but he's he's my good night man, and she's like, "You're what? Your good <laughs> what did you just man? say? Your good night man?" I don't know, Father. Get me out of here. Yeah, we um, gotta go, Godwin. Get me on a horse. I got a jet. <laughs> but they 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 realize they're both here for duty. And Elena is actually thankful to Arthur for for stopping this. Yes, because she didn't want to do it either. She was just trying to make her dad happy. Um. Arthur is essentially doing the same thing. They've both just been freed from responsibility. Gwen is in the back there holding back tears. Um, but this doesn't last long because we see Arthur return to his room with Uther hot on his heels and he's mad. He is super mad. Um, and he, he yells at Arthur for doing this of like, you know, you're putting your own feelings in front of your duty. Uh, you know, I, I could tell by this that you're not ready to be king. And Arthur says, when I'm ready to be king, I will be a better king with the support and help from a woman that I love. Um, which is, hey, Beautiful. like a good line. Like that's abso- absolutely mm-hmm. true. Like, I feel like 
Uther has to see some sense in this. Like he married a woman that he presumably loved uh, and lost her. And he probably should have remarried because, you know, hey, I, I don't know if you know this. Women are super smart about running things. <laughs> like, yeah, he, I think he should have remarried instead of doing genocide. Yeah, absolutely. Like a woman would have probably talked him down from fucking genocide because women are smart and men are fucking idiots. So, Way to go, Uther. Way to go. Way to go, um, Uther. So, yeah. There's they he 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 leaves Uther with that, um, but you can see that you know seeing, um, oh no okay that, that's later. But as we get ready to say goodbye to Elena, you can see like Arthur like kind of looks at her a little different because because she is different now, and he's like, wait, mm. what's going on here? Yeah. He like almost half changes his mind for a second. He's like, wait, okay, um, now that she's not possessed by a, a demon. <laughs> Maybe she's kind of cute. Maybe she's kind of um, cool. Uh, she manages to go down the stairs without tripping, which is good. Um, and she offers her hand uh, as he kisses her hand. She teases him for uh, being slow on his horse. It's like, if you ever need to be beaten at a horse race, just give me a call. Um, meanwhile, Godwin and Uther are talking, and Godwin isn't angry about this in the least. Uh, he tells Uther that Arthur has the makings of a great king and says, you know, don't don't give him too much punishment. Like, he, he spoke his heart. Like, that's what a true king should do. Uh, which Uther seems to take in. Uh, we don't we don't see any more of Uther for the rest of this episode. Well, if it's coming from another king, he'll listen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's another old white guy that thinks this thing. Okay, well I'll listen to that. Uh, yeah. Um, Arthur goes back into the castle, sees Gwen coming down the stairs. Uh, Merlin is behind him and just like jets off to the side at a 45 degree angle. Like I don't need to be here yeah. for this. Um, he he walks up the stairs towards Gwen and they both pause to talk to each other. Uh, I didn't write down like anything about what they said they're just flirting each other super hard uh yeah, yeah. and when they finish he fucking skips up the stairs he is so happy like he is yep. just yep. man like he basically tells her, he's like hey by the way i'm still single uh anyway all right uh see you around she's like well that's none of my business if you're single wink wink nudge nudge like um, he's got that he's got that she, oh, she says uh she says you you didn't deserve elena anyway <laughs> yeah which is very funny uh yeah. but he leaves us with like first date energy where he's like oh yep. man this was yep. i got the kiss at the end of the night this seems like it's going Going well, this is great, um, and that's the end of the episode. And it's and it, and, the end of the episode. You know, I was worried last week when we saw the preview for this because oh, another forced wedding. Um, but and it does feel like we've treaded a lot of this ground before. Uh, but that said, I can't really be mad at it. Like it's a fun ride. Yeah, this uh, one is is there. I think more to reinforce the Gwen Arthur thing, and to as you said, apparently set something up with Morgana going forward. Yeah, because in the preview we see Morgana. Um, telling Morgos and um, Sinred that uh, Arthur has affections for Gwen, so they're going to kidnap her to get to him. Um, which is, again, just kind of interesting that they set that up over a couple of episodes. Like, and like, what did, what did she ever do to you, Morgana? Yeah, seriously. Like, <laughs> she, she's been nothing <laughs> but nice to you. I'm going to be real mad at Morgana in the next episode, I think. I, I don't know how all this is going to play out, but I'm going to be real mad about it. Um, but yeah, this is this is a great episode. Like, despite guys kind of being into the long tongue thing, I, I think that it's a, it's a fun episode. It's a fun romp. Yeah, despite that, yes. <laughs> you have any, you have um, yeah, any final it's, it's thoughts? Yeah, it's a good time. No. Yeah, no. no. Fun episode. Fun episode. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. We very much appreciate it. Thank you for everyone leaving reviews and talking to us on Twitter and uh, you know sending an email, all that stuff. We, we very much appreciate it. I have gotten some feedback from y'all. Uh, if you want to email us, it's monstertweetpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the website. No, I'm sorry. Um, 
now I don't know what the, our email address is. It's stillhiskingdomkeeps <laughs> at gmail.com probably. Go to stillhiskingdomkeeps.cool. There's a contact button or, or DM us on Twitter. I'm going to compile all of your feedback into one really long episode to, at, when we finish this series. Just a few months left. Just a few months of Merlin left. Uh, we've already been talking about what the next thing we're going to cover is and have not made any decisions. So you'll find out as soon as... Perfect. You, you'll find out like a, probably a couple of months after we figure it out. Uh, you'll find out when we do. But thank you to all of our patrons uh, that support us via Patreon. And thank you for just listening. Tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, and we'll see you next week with um, more Tom Ellis. Enjoy 35 minutes of outtakes. Enjoy the next 35 minutes of us talking about something. Who knows what. I don't even know. Bye, everybody. Bye. Chris Moser. Hey, I should have kept my um, my test recording. <laughs> I always, you know, I do a quick mic check, make sure I'm using the right one. Sometimes uh-huh. I don't check it. Um, but <laughs> it was I just like did not realize how far away my mic was, and that it was also pointing in the wrong direction. So I go a mic check, and then that's usually all I do, just to make sure okay it's the right one. And then I just, without realizing, I just kept going mic, 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 mic. <laughs> Who's mic? <laughs> until I was <laughs> until I was close enough. <laughs> Uh, anywho, hi, what's up? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Are you chilling? I'm chilling. Sorry, dog. I didn't mean. I didn't mean to shout. Are you chilling? I am chilling. Dost thou chill? I just got an email from a24 that asked me, um, "Dost thou want to live? What is thou like to live horrifically?" So Whoa. thank you, thank you, a24 for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, <clears throat> I thought it was supposed to be deliciously. Well, they're doing a they're doing a horror movie marathon. So, if you want to watch see. Hereditary, Lamb, Midsummer, The Witch, Green Room, and Saint Maud, uh, you can do. I that. think I should have been an eight twenty four guy. Yeah, are you not an eight twenty four guy? I went to see The Witch in theaters uh-huh. twice. I think with different groups of people, and I was the only one who liked it. And I was like, no. No, you guys don't get it. No, it's cool. It's a cool movie. You don't get it. They use two V's instead of the, a W. What did they not like about the the Vivitch? I don't know. Nobody like just nobody liked it. I think, but it was also all of my friends do really like horror movies. But I think it's it, it just it was it was just a little weird. You know, there's not like a lot happening in that movie, which is my favorite kind of horror story when you're kind of just sitting in the atmosphere, mm-hmm. feeling it. And mm-hmm. that was like oh, I don't even know what they're saying. So I forget the dialogue. <laughs> you're so zoned it's out. Just, yeah. <laughs> you're just, uh, you're, you're mean, just <laughs> vibes only, mind off vibes only in this, in this uh, movie theater. Then I watched it with Jess and she really liked it. So I was like, finally, I'm not alone. I watched um, a movie called Deadstream this weekend. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's about a, it's a found footage. That's what footage they call it when we when live we stream. stream. When we live stream, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's well, a found Deadstream. footage movie, um, but it's, 
the the premise is that there is a influencer there's a there's a youtube personality oh, who is, okay. who is, right. who's so actually is a streaming thing all right <laughs> yeah who has locked himself into a quote-unquote haunted house um and he sets up cameras everywhere the cool the only good thing about this movie i think is like the, the the cool ways that they do the technology and stuff because he like mm-hmm. mounts cameras up and has an ipad that he can flip back and forth so like it's not just the camera in his face the whole time or the pov camera from him the whole time um but it's a it's a horror comedy uh, except it's not scary and it's not funny <laughs> so <laughs> bummer <laughs> it was a real bummer, bummer. uh <laughs> I, I really regretted because we had i had the choice between that or pearl which is another mm. e24 movie uh and I, I wanted to see both of them i heard, heard good things about deadstream and i thought horror comedy it's 90 minutes uh like let's 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 just knock it out let's yeah. say, you know it's spooky season um do not recommend do not recommend at all it's it was not a good huge bummer sometimes it is easier to kind of throw on a bad movie than it is to throw on a good movie because you know a bad movie doesn't really require a lot from you a good movie it's like no i gotta be like my brain's gonna be working <laughs> yeah that's um and unfortunately like I, it's so rare that i can get autumn to watch a movie autumn would rather uh um watch like eight 45 minute episodes of television than one two hour <laughs> movie. Like that's just the way that her yeah. brain is wired. Um, and so it's so rare that I'm like, I try to pick a good one and I like want to focus on it and want to like pay attention to it. And then I pick this one and I'm like the last 10 minutes were some of the most abysmal shit that I've ever seen in my life. There's some cool, like practical effects in there. Like it, mm. it, it, it kind of was reminiscent and uh, towards the end of like an evil dead, right. Where it got just some crazy okay. wackiness happening. Um, but like, overall not not a good movie would not not a great time not no, a no, great no. time i haven't really been watching any horror movies i think it's because we had started getting into um finding the focus to watch movies because we were, we were like you know we're like autumn where we'd rather watch a tv show than a, than mm-hmm. a movie a lot of the times but we we're trying to say no you know what let's let's cross some things off of our list and and watch a couple movies but then we started watching bake off and then you got into the bake off and that's all we've watched although to be fair we've only finished the first season on Netflix, so which is I believe it's Collection Five. Yeah, it's, um, it's the fifth year. It's after they get rid of Mary Berry and um, some of the other good hosts. Um, but yeah, it's, we, we it's gonna be so Collection Six. It must be so yesterday. weird to follow, try to follow our outtakes because like we're recording outtakes for Monster <laughs> of the Week, which are oh, coming out right. immediately, <laughs> and then we're recording outtakes for this, which are this won't come out for like two and a half weeks or something. Whoops. Like it's gonna be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is going to be. Listen, a, we have we have ruined the continuity of the yeah. monster of the week no, cinematic real ones, universe. No. Real ones are following both feeds. They don't need they don't need separate. Yeah, but if we, we should, if I you're mean, following both feeds, we sh- like we sh- we're recording this now, we're probably going to record an episode of Monster of the Week uh, this week on the Winchesters, yeah. and then that episode will come out this week. This episode will come out two weeks from now. It'll be impossible yeah. to keep track of. That's true. This is all over the place. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> We're gonna have to get like the diagram that explains primer to talk about how which which order yeah. you should listen to the Monster of the Week outtakes in. Well, I think that it's a lot of the stuff that I've gotten into. It feels like in the last ten years is stuff that I'm like, okay, wait, I gotta Google what order to read this in or whatever, and, and that's a pain in the ass. But I think it's also a sign of something that's expansive. Yeah. That is um, uh, long lasting. It's creative. It switches things up. So that's that's the deal with the Monster of the Week. Still, as Kingdom keeps outtakes it's funny that we made uh, a joke that we tweeted from the still his kingdom keeps account yep. but it's a reference it's to an outtake from, from monster, monster of the, of the week. Week. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah we're really mixing it up but you yeah. know what the yeah. listeners they know the real, real ones, ones know. know real ones know um 
I did I did so, finish the second book in the Locked Tomb series this weekend. Mm, mm. Which and then um, you're talking to my friend Steve about it. I saw that on Twitter. I, yeah, I was I was very shocked <laughs> uh, because that, like the, my context for that is like all of the lesbians that I know on Twitter are like this book fucking rules. Um, yeah. And, Steve's right there with him, and, and like and, and all of the lesbians and Steve, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just very funny. Um, but yeah, the book is about lesbian necromancers in space. Which, if that doesn't sell you on something, I don't know what will. Uh, but I genuinely, throughout the second book, throughout most of the first book, I didn't really have a grasp on what was going on. They were all, they throw a lot of characters at you, and there's a lot of weird fucking names. So it's just it's really hard to like. Figure you said out it's written in are. like what second person? So the second book is written in the in, a, in the second person POV. So it's a lot of you go down the hallway and you do this and you do that. And Interesting. I don't normally dig that, uh, but I got used to it. And then something happens towards like the back third of the book that completely justifies it. That is like I did click on a spoiler in the um in the Discord, and mm-hmm. it was the thing I think that you're referring to. And I thought that okay, that's actually a really cool way to play with that. Um, yeah. And if you've read the that, book, that. You, know what, you know what I'm talking about. But like it yeah. is the moment that that happens. Um, and I, I think it's such an integral part of the book that I'm really leery about even like talking around it. But like the moment that it gets justified is is really interesting. Um, and I, I, the second book throughout the entire thing, I just it was it's one of those like unreliable narrator things where like mm. stuff is happening. Then you don't know how to relate it back to the first book. Um, maybe I just didn't understand what was happening in the first book. And like, it's one of those things. And by the end, yeah. I was like, it was just reveal after reveal after reveal. And I was just like on the floor. And then I started the third book and I'm like, now I don't have any idea what's happening again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I still don't that's understand. What, so yeah, that's Steve. When Steve finished the third book, I remember him texting me being like, I feel like I got to read these books over. I'm going to I just like, I, I am a hundred. As yeah. soon as I finish the third book, I'm going to immediately start the first book over again. That's no that's question. what he did. And he's like, holy shit, holy shit. And now that they're his favorite books ever. He said, we were talking about game of Thrones and he said, I think my favorite books are, are those now. So um, Man, I was like, damn that's, bro. That's, 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 that's hard. But I, I'll tell you, like, uh, I think I've told you before, like when I started reading game of Thrones, that, I was on an airplane and as soon as the plane landed, I was with my boss. We were going to like a work thing. And I was like, Hey, before we go check in the hotel, I need to drive to a bookstore and buy the next four of these books. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> whatever. <laughs> I bought literally every single book that they had. Uh-huh. Um, and I, and I have the same vibe of this where like, I didn't play a video game yesterday. Like I, I woke up kind of late wow. and just was like, Hey, I'm just going to sit on the couch and finish this book. And I, and I just, and I, it, I used to do that a lot and I find myself doing that uh, a lot fewer times lately but i just sat on my couch all day and just read until i finished the fucking book <clears throat> that rules that's a great feeling though i haven't mm-hmm. done that in a long time it's a great feeling i have been doing it with some comics a little bit but it's still it's like well i've been like rereading bleach and like that i've been like binging it and reading it for hours at a time and going through like a ton of volumes but i've already, I've already read this <laughs> so it's not the same it's not the same as finding something new and being so fascinated by it i had a similar experience with game of thrones because when I had already, I already had stuff spoiled for me for Game of Thrones. That's how my friend got me into it. But when I worked at a hospital and I had to do like one-to-one sitting with people, I did it overnight. And this person who I was sitting with was sleeping all night. So I just sat there with a little nightlight and Game of Thrones. And I read for eight hours straight for my entire shift wow. uh, and pretty much finished the book like in that time. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I need, so I need more immediately. This. I need more yeah. immediately is what I was thinking. Yeah. Like I have to have more. Like please, please give me, give me more of this. It's um. um I don't. I, I would. Do you want to do a quick like? We can. I can put up a spoiler button for people. It'll be two and a half weeks anyway. Like they're not. It's gonna be a while before people hear this. But do you want to talk about the finale for House of the Dragon? 
I was going to talk. Yes, I do. I was going to mm-hmm. talk about um, all these horror games getting reannounced first. So let oh, no spoilers okay. for a uh-huh. minute. So <laughs> I won't. I won't put that spoiler wall up just yet. Just hold on. So did you watch the Silent Hill stuff? No, I, di- I didn't watch the Silent Hill or the Resident Evil stuff. I'm a bad gamer. Okay. I guess I won't go, won't go too too hard into it, but because when we were talking about horror movies, I'm thinking, oh, I haven't been doing that, but I haven't played a lot of horror games, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm a little I'm a little concerned about about the Silent Hill 2 remake. Um, the trailer seems very strange it shows james the main character like freaking out and like crying and shaking and stuff like that and um that's not his characterization whatsoever i feel like the only time it may maybe somebody can correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like the only time he ever acts like that is when he is in immediate danger like somebody's gonna cut his fucking head off then he's freaking out but for the rest of the time he's always like hmm I wonder if my dead wife is here. Mm. Okay. And that's probably a conceit of like weird writing, weird voice acting, because this was all done in Japan, but it's everything is in English. So, you know, that's obviously a little bit of a disconnect. Um, but now he's like, you know, what's that? What's that meme that everybody posts of the um, the dude from The Walking Dead? It's not a clip from The Walking Dead. Of the guy going like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's like just seems like that energy the entire time. And that is a huge red flag to me. I'm like, oh, they missed the point already. Like, the the main character of Silent Hill 2 is a little bit detached from reality. Uh, he's a little bit detached from himself, from his present situation. And that's what makes it interesting. Because he's kind of just like, hmm, okay, well, the whole town is overrun with fog. And there seems to be some weird monsters here. Better keep going, I guess. Like, he just doesn't, like, I don't know. And But it, that's what makes it work, I think. Um, and that's not... That's not at all the vibe they're giving off. Like, it's going to be another mental mental illness was the bad guy all along. Type yeah, of things, so. I um, it's interesting uh, because everybody is really mad that they're giving this to the Bloober team, mm. um, who did a couple of horror games. Uh, one that I played called The Medium, which I like. I came out of The Medium kind of liking it. I know um, yeah. when you tried to play it, like you were really really annoyed by them just constantly talk the character constantly talking the entire pretty time. Sure, pretty sure that voice actor is back in this as well. And I was like, oh, no, 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 great, I good, 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 good. Um, I will say, no, for The Medium, the gameplay was super cool. Looked great. Looked great. Like yeah. the visual atmosphere of all that, they nailed it. It was just on the writing side. I think that they kind of, there's a fundamental misunderstanding of of why this stuff, specifically why Silent Hill works. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. And it's, you know, I think that that's a important thing when you're talking about like a game that is as beloved as, as Silent Hill 2 is. Um, but I also think that, you know, Capcom really nailed these these remakes. Um, and they, and I almost mm-hmm. really feel like remake is, a, is the wrong word for it because it's almost a reimagining of the Resident Evil games, right? right. Like, I mean, Resident Evil... The, the third game, uh, the, I mean, all of the games that they've done so far, one, two, and three, like they look nothing like the original ones. Like there's mm-hmm. very there's similar puzzles. There's they, they they did their job in like recreating that that world, but it's almost a reimagining, right? Like four is probably going to be the closest in terms of gameplay wise to the yeah. original, and that's because four was such a huge departure from the first three. <laughs> it's funny. I will say the one thing they showed in the gameplay is that in the beginning of Resident Evil Four. The very first thing you do, Leon walks into a guy's house. He goes, hey, have you seen this girl? Shows her a picture. When the guy speaks Spanish and doesn't understand, Leon's like, oh, shit, and then shoots him in the fucking head. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's how the original starts. Fucking in this weird. one, it shows Leon, like, it, it showed the gameplay and the reveal this week. Uh, it shows him, like, go into this, like, decrepit old 
house and he's going through and he's saying, hey, is anybody here? Is anybody here? Going further and further. And then he finds a radio where somebody's calling for help. He doesn't know what's going on. So they built that out a little bit. So instead of Leon traveling to a foreign country, entering a person's house and then killing a resident. Granted, the resident is a zombie, but he doesn't know that. Uh, They remove that part. So they they understand a little bit. (laughs) I just really wish that they would... uh, if they're going to do stuff like this, I wish that they would also make the originals easily available to play. Yes. Yes. Um, like they, uh, you know, Square has done this with Final Fantasy. I can just go play the original Final Fantasy VII, and I even can yeah. like cheat my way through that just to experience the gameplay. And I kind of want to do that with Silent Hill too, but there's literally no way for me to play that no because way. I either have to have a computer and emulate it, which PlayStation 2 emulation is still dodgy on some on most computers unless you have a gaming PC. I don't have a gaming PC. I can play the remaster, which replaces like the font with Comic Sans, from what I understand, <laughs> which is so fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, or I can, you know, not play. I can play this new remaster, which looks like or new remake or whatever you want to call it, and have it not be the same experience that everybody else had and I, I don't know man like i just it's it's just a bummer that like it's not the conservation aspect of it to me because is, is really frustrating like when they remake a movie you can go watch the original movie usually without issue right like mm-hmm. they're i can't think of an example of a, a remade movie just re- oh, the lion king right like they remade the lion king into a live action movie i've never seen it i don't want to see it i can just yeah, go watch the original the original one is yeah. on fucking disney right now i'm sure I can go buy yeah. that on DVD probably if I And really I think to. I think that's what makes it so frustrating to to I mean, hey, I know I'm still going to play the remake of Silent Hill 2 because of course. Yeah, I love yeah. that game and I think it looks great. Like visually I think it looks great. Um so if my if they handle it well and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt as long as they don't make any big changes as long as James doesn't talk to himself the whole time. That's a big issue for me. <laughs> I want him to be quiet. Um <laughs> If they then then maybe they'll they'll get it right, but it doesn't bring back the original, and I don't think any remake is ever going to be scarier than the original because the limitations of the PS2 sort of make it what it is and make mm-hmm. it more interesting. Uh, yeah, it would be really cool if they just thought you do, even Capcom they're not like they're not as good as Square, I guess, but you can still play the old Resident Evils, you know. Yeah. Um, at least I mean, as, as far up to the PS3 Vita generation, they were available to download. And then four, five, and six, you could four four is on every console known to man. Yeah, so. Four is on my toaster. Like I can literally yeah. just open up my toaster and play Final <laughs> uh, Resident Evil Four. Um, yeah, they, they, you know, there's some companies have made efforts at doing some of that stuff. Some people have done it right, and some people have done it wrong. But I just, um, I also think that there's like there's this whole aspect of like just nostalgia being poison and mm-hmm. having this constant like need to retread stuff, uh, whether it's movies or video games or comic books or comic book movies or whatever. Like, it's just, it gets really frustrating that we're like, you know, like I didn't realize that there were like a, this new Halloween movie was the third in a trilogy. I'm like, how did we even get three new Halloween movies? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, how are we here? Like who cares about Michael Myers that much that you need a fucking trilogy about it? Like, I don't, right. I don't get it. And I think that we're, the world is big enough for that stuff to exist. Like you said, like as with all of the problems that you think Silent Hill 2 remake might have, like you're still in the pocket for it. You're still going to buy it. And I feel like there, mm. that exists for Halloween fans <laughs> that exists for right. nightmare on Elm right. street. Like I watched the Hellraiser movie and that shit banged. Like that was awesome. Um, and it, but it wasn't a remake. It was a totally new kind of story in that universe. But at the same time, I'm like, and people are making new horror. Like you can go, there's mm-hmm. tons of new horror stuff all over the place and new, and new things are being made, but uh, it's just harder and harder for that stuff to get air. And I kind of wish like, 
if all of the eyes were on like the indie horror space, like they were on a Silent Hill two stream from from Konami, uh, I think that mm-hmm. would be much more. Everybody would be happier, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I also feel like they played us a little bit because at the beginning of the Silent Hill two trailer, uh, it starts with the camera on the ground with like a cockroach crawling around, which is how you start PT. So I feel like everybody uh, for a second, or at least I thought and and just thought, oh, this looks like PT, and then James comes bursting into the bathroom like he's gonna take a shit which is <laughs> inaccurate in it why is he acting like that why did he when you fucking find him in the beginning of silent hill 2 he's in this dirty ass bathroom on the outskirts of silent hill and he's staring in the mirror as if he doesn't even know if he's fucking real or he's gone off that loud again um but in this yeah he bursts in fucking soaked in sweat stressed out I'm like brother what's wrong What's going, What's going on? on? What's up? <laughs> James is like, I just got off that wing TV show and I got to fucking do something in this bathroom. Yeah, Y'all need yeah, to evacuate. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just got finished recording Hot Ones and I am having some problems. <laughs> I'm having some issues. They told me this might happen and they were right. Uh, they warned me and they said the bathroom would be empty. <clears throat> I just feel like, meanwhile, Resident Evil has perfectly captured the essence of Leon with everything that they've done they're making him a little bit more serious of course because the tone of the remix is a little bit more serious uh, but there's a part in the new gameplay trailer where it's the like iconic first scene where like everybody in the town attacks leon and they're swarming around him and it's in the same village location and he shoots like an oil lamp and the oil lamp falls and lands on a cow and it sets the cow on fire and then the flaming cow runs into uh, the the crowd of zombies and as Leon runs away he goes build me for the damages I go yes <laughs> fuck yeah that's, stu- that's so stupid that's yes! so fucking stupid like, they yes. just they understand who this man is <laughs> that's so hilarious <laughs> he's a dumbass <laughs> oh my god that's fucking hilarious Hey folks, Jeremy from the future here, editing Jeremy, if you will. Just wanted to let you know that uh, for the rest of the outtakes, Chris and I, um, even though we just literally said we weren't going to do it, we just talk about House of the Dragon and Game of Thrones spoilers. So uh, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but I wanted to give people a heads up in case they're still catching up. Or in case you don't really give a shit about the show, you don't have to listen to the rest of the podcast. Uh, So yeah, Uh, bye. Anyway, you want to talk about Hot D now? <laughs> no, I think we got it. I think we could just go into Still Skin of Geeks. Like, we could just do that. We can, I mean, we'll be right. recording later this week, probably, anyway. So we can just do I that. I thought it was good. Yeah, I did too. Uh, my, my server <laughs> picked it up Friday with the big leak, which I thought was hilarious. But uh, so we watched it Friday night. And um, hey, you, and you know what I did on the internet? I just kept my fucking mouth shut about it. Yeah, kept my mouth <laughs> like, shut. I didn't say <laughs> shit about it. And it was good. Um, no, I I thought it was good. I thought it was great. Uh, it's mm. it's weird to have. Uh, I guess we can talk about it a little bit. This whole season felt like uh, it was building to something, and that we didn't get. Um, and it's yeah. interesting to compare that with the first season of Game of Thrones, which is also the same thing. Like, there's no major like conflict. Like, there's no major like fantasy battle in ga- in the first season of Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we're mm-hmm. slowly building to a breaking point where everything starts falling apart, which is, of course, what this entire story in House of the Dragon is about, which is like how we got to the point of Robert's uh, rebellion. And right. so, like, in, in my head, I was like, I, I want another episode where everything kind of blows up, but at mm-hmm. the at the end of it, where it's just like 
she turns to the camera and you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> this is this is, yeah. is going to be war now. Well, this like, yeah, this season has been the women of the realm desperately trying to hold everything together, yeah, and then the men desperately trying to rip it apart, um, and like Alicent and uh, Rhaenyra have just been they're enemies but they're also like they're doing everything they can to not have everybody get fucking murdered in war in the uh um, in the book is it implied that they're uh if not lovers then like you know i can't like, really remember interested because in everything is so everything's so sparse yeah and like a lot of it's hearsay some of it's written by like a court jester and some of it or something like that like there's like these accounts from different people Oh, he shows up he shows up in the in the in the show um oh does he yeah 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 there's it's it's another uh it's another little person right that's like around that has seen all this stuff he's one of the musicians yes yes um yes. he is in he was in one of the episodes the guy that plays viserys apparently read the book and like insisted that they make an they, they give him an appearance so like the camera huh. lingers on this dude as he's one of the times that there's like a party and there's a musician or something. Um, oh, that's that's I forget, great. I forget yeah, which so that, episode, that but, guy. But yeah. that guy was like, uh, he just like loves writing about sex. Like all of his <laughs> stuff was like, yeah, everybody in King's Landing was horny. It was fucking all the time, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I totally agree with you. Like this whole season has been, um, but like them pulling p- people back. Uh, the only reason I ask about uh, um, Allison and Renera is because. Uh, I don't know, man. Like you just get there's a vibe there, like from them as girls to um, them being kind of enemies, and then working at different, and then like they kind of joined up for a little while, and then they broke apart again, and then like he brings, uh, um, he brings her like that sheet of paper towards the end, the 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 page from the book, and she gets like wistful, and it's not a wistful like she was my dear friend, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I just got a vibe, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Have you seen um, how much people hate that? Um, are people are calling what they did with Damon character assassination? Did you seen any of those reactions? I uh, yeah, I did, and I got really confused because I thought it was a spoiler where somebody said, um, uh, you, "You thought have, he literally got assassinated." Three days. <laughs> you have three days to fix Damon's character or fix the episode. Like he deserves so much better. And I go, "Fuck! Is Damon gonna die? Are they gonna? Did they just kill this dude?" And then I assume what they mean is like the scene where he like he he chokes her. Yeah, he chokes her. But like, like, what do you mean? Like that's one hundred percent that dude. Yeah, that's one hundred percent that dude. And she fucking goes right back at him because she goes, "Oh, you didn't even know about the fucking secret thing. That's why you're so fucking mad because I got something on you." And that's who Damon is. I don't know why people think that he's this nice guy. He's fucking pretending. Yeah, just- they taught us in episode one that this dude will pretend when he's in the joust and Kristen Cole knocks him off. Damon easily could have fucking killed him, but he was like, "Okay, I'll surrender." I'll just I'll I'll concede because he knows when to fucking chill. Yep. Well, well, kind of. Sort but of. there is that side of him that's willing to take the loss in order to to further things along the line. If he murders somebody there, then everybody's just going to be like, "Oh my god, who's this fucking disgusting?" Whatever. Blah blah blah. Like he saw the way that that would go, and so he he chilled back. But he's never been a good dude. That's why he's an awesome character because you don't ever know what the fuck he's thinking. That's the <laughs> so whole reason they showed us killing his first wife. Like they showed us yeah, that. They literally the showed murdered. us that murdered his wife with a rock with a fucking rock just banged a rock on her head like he is he has always been absolutely like incorrigible terrible that's why he's interesting and i think i think people like are and 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 i don't blame people at all but i think people are attracted to that like i think this 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 guy this this dude who lacks really empathy towards the common man at all right like he 
he is this like person that is out for himself and his family who's willing to, to go to war to do these things or whatever they're attracted to that like that's like that makes them horny <laughs> and that's fine fair, but you, yeah, but you can't expect the show to be like and he was a nice guy <laughs> like, yeah you listen that, it's that fiction you don't have to justify it yeah this guy yeah i love it in real life i bet you wouldn't love it and that's okay i think yeah, we all know that but it's fine media literacy gets a little bit muddy there because then people think like well no if you like him in then the he show has to, then he has to do good would, things you think yeah and no that's not the way this shit works at all <laughs> <laughs> if it's Game of Thrones, like, what do you mean? Everybody has done something awful. Yeah. And that's what makes them interesting. It makes the stories compelling. You can have a problematic fave. That's the idea of a problematic fave is somebody who, a character that you like, I mean, less so in real life with media, a problematic fave. I love this character, even though they have done things that are. And it's not like the writers are like POV, Damon's right. <laughs> you know like they're not trying to act like that yeah. then it would be problematic that would but be it's not. concerning yeah absolutely at least for me when i watch that i'm i'm pretty much always on rhaenyra's side because she is introduced to us as a protagonist right or as the protagonist of course she's not the only one but to me she's the center of the show and so most of the time i'm looking at things from her point of view and so when damon does that i'm not thinking like yeah damon wait what oh no i can't support a guy who does that no that's like no i mean i wouldn't in real life but also he like he cut a guy's fucking head off in front of everybody two episodes ago that's worse (laughs) Um. (laughs) i can't just uh, the the expectation that the characters that we like have to do good things in a tv show is is bonkers and i i feel like myself getting into that trap sometimes when we talk about merlin of like wanting these characters to do better but at the same time like the thing that makes the show interesting sometimes is the characters aren't better. The characters yeah. are fuck ups. Like they are, they are human and they have human <laughs> motivations and humans are fallible. Uh, even in this like fantasy world, like these are, these are stories told about the human condition. And I, mm-hmm. it kills me when I, when I, when people get like really, really hung up on like, well, this fictional character did something bad. So if you like him, you're problematic. Like, no, <laughs> he did something bad and it was fucking mm-hmm. cool because it didn't hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it was part of a story that a writer <laughs> Concocted it to make the story yeah. more interesting uh, like right I now say, so, out of everybody like right. Amond may be like my fave and that dude's a dude, shit bag <laughs> dude so I was just I've been waiting for him to do something cool because when he comes like he's a little shit when he, when he takes the dragon cool moment don't get me wrong he takes the dragon then he comes back and he talks shit to his cousins and even though he's right it's because he's calling them bastards or whatever and he's, he is right but he's being an asshole about it and he's always been a little shit but then you think he's been bullied by everybody but you know there's some there's some stuff going on there but he's kind of a little shit then he gets his eye cut out and you go oh fuck and this is whole fucking big to do and then the moms are clashing and then he sounds cool because he's like no, no no i paid for it like i trade my eye for a dragon i'll take that and i'll go damn this damn kid's got some fucking cojones you know what i'm it. saying i love this and yes. then flash forward and we see him and it's like oh this fucking sicko this fucking sicko looking like Legolas with an eye patch mm-hmm. with his mouth. This, this dude's mouth. He's always sucking on a lemon. Oh, I fucking dude. love it. He's got the perfect villain face. Guy is killing it's, it. It's amazing. So in this final episode here, spoilers now, when Lucas, not Lucas, Lucerus, Luke, when he when he shows up at, at Storm's End and it's all foggy and rare, the storm is raging and he lands and then you see the other fucking dragon in the in the distance like fucking Godzilla coming oh, out of the dude, sea. Dude, dude, you know? it's so and cool. And then you go, oh shit, Eamon's here. That's the dragon that he took. And you walk in, he walks into the into the Baratheon Hall and you just see fucking Eamon standing there and you go, oh shit. And now he's finally, he, he's like, he's losing it a little bit. He rips the eye patch off. You see he's got this fucking crystal eyeball that he's put in like a psycho. Fuck, uh, And dude, then he wants, so he wants Luke to cut his eye out. Oh. It's so good. 
and then and then we get this this climactic scene where they you know the, a dragon chase scene essentially and then the thing happens right the big thing happens and then we cut over to Amon and it's the exact opposite reaction of what you expect where he goes oh fuck no I didn't mean to do that. Didn't mean to do this. He meant to, he meant to psych his ass out. He meant to put him in his place to humiliate him, but he didn't mean to do you, that. Uh, and it just goes to show that neither of them could control their dragons. The only one who could fucking control a dragon was Visenya. Not not Visenya. Sorry, uh, Rhaenys, who showed up to a wedding or to a coronation rather, <laughs> fucked everything up. Could have killed them all, but her dragon did not breathe that fire because she's in control. Because she's a bad bitch. Aemon isn't quite there yet. <laughs> Did uh did you see when uh Damon starts like rattling off all of the dragons that he have? He includes uh I think it's Senex or whatever. It's it's Renice's dragon and she looks uh-huh. over like, uh, excuse you? Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely <yeah>. not. <laughs> um have you seen Arrested Development? Yeah. That whole time that uh they're in that whole dragon chase scene, the only thing I can think about is Lucille Bluth going, Let's give Job a little scare. <laughs> and then they accidentally like run over Job and put him into a coma for a little while. <laughs> that was just literally Eamon. When Eamon looks back, he's like, Let's give oh, let's, let's give Luke a scare. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've never it been was, um, as tense during um, a show as I have in fucking these Game of Thrones shows when dragons are on the line. Like that mm-hmm. last season where Daenerys is flying her dragon into the north yeah. to save Jon Snow. The scenes where she takes them up against um, the armies and they have like the huge crossbow built crossbows that they've built. And then in this where these two dragons are going at it and little Luke is just sitting there. Luke, who is... By God, the most innocent person that's ever been on he's Game of Thrones. He might be 12. <laughs> yeah. He's just a, he's, you know, just a just dude. Just a little kid. He's a just little kid. A guy. He's trying to do what his mom asked him to do. No no big... Like, just a just a good... Just an okay guy. And, uh, I, yeah, man, I just... <laughs> when Aemon killed him, he was just like, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In the, in the behind-the-scenes, like, episode thing that they, they do after the fact, the creators were saying it was, like, the last piece of, like, the boyhood in Aemon where he looks back and realizes, oh, no. Because as much as they hated each other, they had all these beef. There's the that's still that brief moment of being like, I grew up with that little kid. Yeah, and I didn't, and I didn't mean for this to happen. And then they were saying like, now he has the long flight back to King's Landing, where he has to decide if he's going to own this or not. Um, yeah, I um, now I'm... now war is starting. Even if nobody saw it, it's enough that Amond was seen at Storm's End. Luke went to Storm's End. Luke never came back from Storm's End. We can put two and two together. 100%. The dragon is gone. You know, 100%. like something happened. Yeah. Um, so nobody had to have been a witness to figure it out. So now Eamon has to decide, am I going to own up to this? Or am I going to pretend like I have no idea what's going on? But of course he's going to own up to it because it's just going to increase his rep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And, and like as much as, you know, people, he was probably given orders by Allison and ex- almost exactly the orders that we saw Rhaenyra's give Luke and um, what's the other kid's name? Um, Dingleberry. Uh, Dingleberry. Uh, you know, hey, you're not, you're not. Jace? Jace something? Jace, yeah. Uh, Jaceris, I think, and they call him Jace or whatever. Um, but they, you know, you're out there, you're not out there as a warrior. You're out there as, as a, you know, a representative and we're, we're here to talk, right? Like you don't, don't, you mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't engage in any kind of fighting. 
Eamon probably had that same message, right? Like, Alicent's yeah. no fool, and she was doing the same thing that Rhaenerys is doing, which is solidifying her side to do this without violence. Um, and so when he's got to go back and like be like, whoops, kill my cuz. <laughs> like, that's going to be a bad scene. Man, yeah. I can't, I really can't wait. Like, I just, I, it's really going to be appealing watching all of this. Nephew. <laughs> Yeah, nephew. Yeah, nephew and Which is cousin. Weird. <laughs> Dude, it's like the the incest stuff in this show is fucking crazy. Like I don't yeah. I I I don't know why this is the only show where it doesn't really bother me. Like any time that this stuff is hinted at in just about anything, like I I just my I I just I'm just disgusted by it. But there's something about Game of Thrones where I'm like, okay, like I don't really ship any of it, but I'm like, like right, I, right, I, but right. I'm like I just don't care. Like when they when well, they, they show have those... God's blood, so oh I get it. Yeah, I guess <laughs> we, they can we they hand control... wave it away so easily. <laughs> they can, they control you know dragons, so whatever I guess. Like who cares if they're cousin fuckers? I don't, I don't know, but all I mean I think that. Game of Thrones really conditioned us because when you see Jamie and Cersei, you go, Ugh! but then for some reason with them, you go, mm, no, he's gonna marry his sister. That that checks out. That yeah, checks out. Um. I did see uh, <laughs> in the episode before the finale. Um, we may have talked about this, so forgive me. But there's that scene where Allison goes to tell she's going to find um, Aegon. Aegon. Uh, to, so that they could fucking crown him, and he's just missing. And he tells, um, and she has to tell her daughter. Um, who was there with like all of her incestuous kids um, that, Hey, you know, grandfather Viserys is dead, but she uses the word father and all of the kids that are on the floor are like, Amond, Amond, Amond. So like the, the, <gasps> the idea being that Amond is the actual true father to all of uh, Aegon's heirs, <laughs> which is just like, I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on that. Dude, there's so much like little stuff in these episodes. It's fucking crazy. Like I feel like I'm about wow. I'm about to, just about to talk myself into a rewatch of the entire first season of the show. Yeah, I definitely will at some point. Um, all right, thirty five minutes into thirty five minutes into, we should probably do Merlin. Okay, that's fine. But do you think we're even gonna match this with Merlin? Do you think the outtakes will be longer? We've have we ever done that? Certainly. We have. Yeah, we did. Uh, the supernatural episode, the the backdoor pilot. Um, the outtakes, <laughs> I, the outtakes, I believe, were like forty minutes long or something, and then the, the, the episode was like thirty-three minutes or something. That's All right, crazy. let's see if we can match it. Thirty-five for thirty-five. Dude, there's too much going on in this this episode of Merlin for that to happen. There's so much. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's kick it. Merlin. All right, sorry about that. So good. I was reading up on um some dragon lore. Ooh. I may have just seen a spoiler, although I guess none of it's really a spoiler because it's just a wiki page <laughs> about a dragon. I saw that um, <laughs> the dragon that Luke was driving, driving, I guess you'd call it driving. driving. No, you, uh, that's correct. Uh, he was it had been hatched by um, Rhaenerys's dragon. Um, so oh. like, Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Mom's, my, um, mom's losing kids at the same time. My coworker told me um, with emphatic certainty that there are three eggs in such and such episode. Those are the three eggs that Daenerys gets. Oh. Hundreds of years like, later. Okay, but that's 172 years from now. <laughs> so Maybe um, not, fam. Maybe not. Maybe you were looking for connections yeah, he doesn't that don't know exist. That. He thinks that Daenerys is like, uh, Rhaenerys is like daughter or something. Yeah. Um, he thinks they're, it's a lot close together. So Yeah, incorrect. Pay attention, people. Don't you would... talk to me about fucking lore. You don't even know how many generations have passed. <laughs> Um, you, you, had fucking just, you had just said something about uh, Gaius getting a tingling sensation in his body. So. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. So, buy it. Berlin, Berlin.